Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, welcome to episode six of Comedians Talking About Football. I am Sam Michael, and we kick off. Yeah, <laughs> kick off. Get it? Excuse the pun, uh, but do not pardon the pun. Pardoning the pun, of course, does belong to uh, the boss himself, Balao Zafar, uh, gaffer of Pez United. If you don't know what I'm talking about, follow comedian Balao Zafar on Twitter or YouTube. Brilliant stuff. He somehow turned playing Pro Evo 5 into his own live sitcom. Uh, with all the classic players, remember them, the default players, Dodo, Ruskin, all that lot. He's given them all personalities and it is just brilliant. Uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of which, if you don't follow me yet on Twitch, please do. Sam Mike Lol, uh, Michael with OL on the end. Uh, again, see what I did there. Uh, I'm hoping to be streaming some live episodes of Comedians Talking About Football on Twitch. So do follow our Twitter page at ComFootyTalkPod for more info on when that's going to go live. Anyway, we're kicking off, as I said, with some very exciting news. This here little podcast is going to be appearing on a football shirt. An actual football shirt. Beijing Spirit, a pro five-a-side team in China International Football League. Yes, pro five-a-side. I'm hoping actually to get the club chairman on, Owen Johnson. He's an old uni friend of mine. I'm so grateful he's doing this for the 2021 season over there in China. Proper exciting. So if you don't have a foreign team, ignore Barca, ignore Real Madrid. Get behind Beijing Spirit. More info on the club and the league itself at ChinaIFL.com. My comedian talking football this episode is Lou Fitz, a Manchester City fan from Moss Side, Manchester. Not to be confused with a previous guest, Dan Fitzhenry, who goes by the nickname Fitz and who is a Manchester United fan from Devon. Uh, I love that both Manchester club fans are called Fitz. I'm currently looking for a a third Fitz, actually, who's a Salford City fan. Uh, Do get in touch if you know anyone. Um, Again, this episode was recorded during lockdown, so I do apologise for the lack of sound quality. It was all done online. But Lou Fitz is a great lad, proper funny, so the content quality, I'm sure, makes up for it. Here's a bit of Lou in action. 
I'm from a place called Moss Side in South Manchester, if anyone's ever heard of it. Oh, describe it in one word. Bang! There we go. Sold to the highest bidder. Five pounds, just for you. It's a, you'll have seen it on Crime Watch. That's where you'll have seen it. It's, it's, it's a place where people don't trust the government, but they will buy meat from a van. No questions asked. If I, um, in Manchester, everyone calls each other our kids. You all right, our kid? Fucking hell, our kid, Lou. You all right, our kid? I never understood why they call it. Towards the end, I figured it out. They're calling each other our kid. It's because when you're walking down the street in Manchester, it fucking might be your kid. You don't know. <laughs> don't entirely know. Cities. Do you know? Do you guys know what a MILF is? Do you guys know? We don't have MILFs in Manchester. We have DILFs. It's a bit different. DILFs are a bit different. It's a... Uh, it's a dad I'd like to find. <laughs> right, Lou, how are you doing, mate? You okay? Very well, thank you. How and are you doing? I'm all right, mate. And that's Lou and not Lewis, that many people yeah, might think. Correct. Yeah, it's Lou. Yeah, Lou. My parents gave me that one. Yep. <laughs> Cheers for that, mum and dad. <laughs> I, can, I can relate to that in a way. Everyone Ooh. says to me, they go, oh, Sam, is that Samuel? And I'm like, uh, uh, no. It's they, they, for some reason, decided to call me Sammy. Like S-A-M-M-Y? Yeah. Wow, okay. This Were they expecting is... you to be a girl? And like Samantha or... Well, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they just went, yeah, well, I like the name Sam. They all went, right, so Samuel. They went, no, 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 no. Sammy. Be like if you, if you named a, a kid like, hey, Danny boy or something. It yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea why. <laughs> so uh, they go, hey, Sammy. I go, yeah, that's my full name. When you get to be an adult, it'll uh, <laughs> yeah. take things like getting a mortgage and, and stuff like that, won't it? As you, as you, yeah, oh, man, yeah. I mean, my, my wedding, I mean, the, when we got our wedding video back, it does have me, the, you know, has the, the registrar saying to my wife, do you take the Sammy? And there's about five people's faces in the back who'll just go, Sammy, are you having a this, laugh? This, big, this vicar's being awkwardly fucking casual about <laughs> this, isn't he? Hey, Sammy boy. Sammy. <laughs> Sammy boy. So yes, so yes, can't do better, mate. <laughs> Lou and Sammy, there we yeah. go. Um, so uh, th- thanks for coming on the podcast. Man City, you're a Man City fan and you're a Manchester boy, which is a big I difference hit. from uh, my previous Manchester-based club guest, Dan Fitzhenry, who is a Southwest boy. Uh, <laughs> so, so I don't have like to rats. get you... <laughs> Reds are like rats. They get everywhere, apart from the place they're from. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have to get you to justify the reasons for being a fan. The rest of my family's red. Um, my brother was born in Salford, so he's United. Uh, they should actually be called Salford United, but we won't get into the uh, <laughs> the crux of that too much. <laughs> and then, like my grandpa and all that, they were all they're all Man United. But then I decided to be different and go because we were like Moss Side, so close to the city. So that's why that's why I support City. <laughs> How old were you then when you first got into football then and then decided to to well, take that different route? Born in '92, uh, so. Uh, it was my birthday the other day in <laughs> lockdown. <laughs> Tragic, that <laughs> <laughs> probably about seven something like that so, so my first games were at main road uh i remember the first game was city against leeds 98 i want to say and we lost four <laughs> nil and i was like this is me i like this i like this feeling of sadness <laughs> well that's the thing if you're saying you were seven when you got into it right so that that yeah. and, and the first game 98 that means that you literally became like a, a city fan and started getting into city when man united were having their treble winning season so that must have been a difficult childhood <laughs> most people in 
in Manchester support one or the other. It's not fair to say that most people support City, but mm. uh, it, it, yeah, the tra- I just didn't. It just you know when you go to a club and you, I went to Old Trafford with my brother and my dad and that, and it was I just didn't feel anything. I don't know. It's it's a bit spiritual, but you just, you just feel a bit odd. You don't want to sing the songs. It doesn't feel right because you know Main Road was right there. Like yeah. where we grew up. So why are we getting on the tram and going up to Salford? Why are we doing that when the club's there? So there's no, it, it just didn't make any sense to me. And it didn't matter. And it, to be honest, it felt better that th- they were shite. You, I don't know if that's just something about me. I'm a glutton for punishment, but <laughs> it was more interesting when they were shite. It was like, it's great now, like with what, you know, what what's happening. But I remember we were always pushing for that top five. Do you know what I mean? When we were always trying to like get in, like, oh shit, yeah. maybe we can make you pay for like seventh or eighth. It'd be amazing. Because we're never getting relegated, but in the modern age, but we were never like top four, and it was more—I don't know—more games meant more because now you'll watch City and it'll be like we're, we're fucking three 0 up by twenty minutes. It's boring sometimes, sometimes. But so then City, usual City, will fucking mess it up. But I don't know. I miss it. I miss. I miss Main Road for sure. Have you ever been? No, I never went. I never went Main Road. So like my family are from Central Manchester, and then yeah. we moved out. When I was in teen, teenage years, I uh, moved out to Rochdale. Um, so then the closest team was Rochdale. And I remember going there. And it was just as expensive as going watching City. It was just as expensive. So 15 quid at the time. Because okay. um, I had a City card, so you could get in for free. And it was back in like 2003 to seven when they just got the F, you know, Eastlands when it was back then. And they couldn't fill it. They, so they were throwing seats away and um i remember watching was his name adam lafondra he was at rochdale and then he went to reading yeah that's right yeah i'm trying to think of my queer what's what's the reading stadium don't tell me don't tell me i want to say rico but that's coventry isn't it that's Um, coventry yeah oh it's can i have the first letter please yeah it's m no i'm not gonna get it (laughs) medeski stadium fuck off that's the one (laughs) That's it. That's the one. So in those yeah. early days, then when you when you were younger, because I mean mm-hmm. most Man United fans, they'll grow up in various places across the UK, Kent, Brighton, yeah. and they've got to deal with kind of rivals at the time who were like Arsenal or Liverpool. But you actually grew up in an area where it was City and Man United. What 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 is like the rivalry really like in places like Moss Side? Bloods and Crips, isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> it's um. My brothers are red. He's two years older and he's bigger. He's six three and batters me. But he, um, <laughs> on the day of the derby, we don't talk. Um, and I'm not like one of those people that like I'll I'll watch. If we don't win, it doesn't ruin my day, and yeah. I don't need to watch them. I can, like, if I was out, you know, like with a girlfriend or whatever, it would be like if they don't win, no one's getting hit. <laughs> you know, like no yeah. no one's no one's days ruined. But you know it. There's and also I guess when you're in London now, all your know, comic mates, they, you know, there's Bristol City, Fulham, all over the shop. But it was mm. nice. I guess England was a good time, you know, where everyone could come together and support the same team. Mm. But I just like um, football. Yeah. So what was it like in Manchester? Um, most people were Reds. Um, the biggest for them, we were always uh, an afterthought. You know, like it means nothing to play City. But for City, the first fixture I look for is United. When when are we playing United? Because yeah. I don't 
I don't care about beating anybody else. As long as we beat United, I'm fine with it. It don't matter. So, but for United, for United, it's not the same because I guess for so many years, like 13 years, we didn't beat them. So for them, it's an afterthought. It, it's like, can't give a shit. And only now, and all the United fans that I know, like even my brother and all my brother's mates, they're all United. And they, they stick with them now because they pipe down a little bit because they've been humbled. But mm. it's classic, classic United fans, isn't it? They're just, <laughs> I guess it's the equivalent to like Arsenal. But up there, you don't get many people supporting Southern teams. Mm. In school, you were, you were City or you were United. That's it. And, you know, Liverpool, but they don't last long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, actually, you, you've already, I know what I do is throughout the, the podcast, I hit you with some emergency facts that you may or may not know about your own club. And, and my first one I was going to give you was that, that throughout the whole of the 90s, Man United uh, beat Man City. Man City never picked up three points against Man United. But um, what I also find quite, quite funny is that for a long time, Man United weren't really too fussed with City and at sometimes they were playing in the league below and their main rival became Liverpool. And what yeah. I like is in the last few years, you've now got Man City who aren't really looking Liverpool. over their shoulders at Man United and now they've become yeah. the rival to, to Liverpool, especially in this last season. Well, it's what's happened at United, it's just so... I said it to my brother once, it was like a couple of years ago when they were, they were finishing like fifth or something. I'm, I'm actually embarrassed for you. <laughs> like it's, 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 you know, it's like when dad says, I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm disappointed. It's like, I'm, I'm embarrassed because you also have Manchester on your badge. Like you, you're also Manchester and you, you, you're getting beat by like fucking Swansea. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's embarrassing. And it's when it's close competition, it's more exciting in it. But like with when, you know, when we be when we were beating them all the time, it's a little bit different now, but they just got, they fell from grace so much and they got so bad. I, I guess you're in for a minute, we were in the mindset of what they must have felt for like a decade. Mm. Um, but it, it makes a club have more resolve, I suppose. But there's a lot of things about City that I don't like now. But you know, it's a, a prime example, like West Ham. Have, have you been to West Ham's new stadium? Yeah, I have. I have. It's horrible. Compared yeah. to Upton, Upton Park, you were lucky if you came away with points because that stadium got them, or the bowling ground, whatever. You got mm. that got them 15 points a season, easy, yeah. just because it's rough. It's not a nice place. Uh, and now, you know, their new stadiums, it's in Stratford, it's, it's horrible. And that's yeah. what I felt a little bit when we moved to Eastlands because it didn't, you know, there's. I don't. It just didn't. Fit. I like square grounds. Like my favorite ground in the country is uh, Crystal Palace. Okay, a lovely, fucking lovely ground. Yeah. And Old Trafford was always intimidating going to. Uh, I got bottled outside Old Trafford when I was thirty. <laughs> yeah. Um, you got bottled. Yeah, like if someone because back then you could drink in the in the in the stands. Right. So oh, someone, of course. Someone just dashed a bottle into the away end. It wasn't your brother, was it? No, he wasn't in. No, he wasn't. He couldn't get. He couldn't afford it. Couldn't get in. Uh, when you're without silverware for such a long time, you have to get your battles. You have to win your. You know, you have to pick you up. You have to get you pick me up somewhere, I suppose. And uh, that's that's one of the. I don't even know what the question was. What was the question? I was rambling. Well, my new question is: I bet that was a good story to go back to school with after getting bottled at a, at a Manchester. Dolphin. Yeah, yeah. Well, we lost. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was nerves. I suppose. I mean, obviously, football violence is always bad. 
But if you go to a gate, there is an element of, even like with stand-up, for example, there's an element of fear. Fear is sometimes good. It's a good thing. And not like football is, oh, we've got fight, because it's obviously ridiculous what yeah. pointless things do. But there is an element of fear in like um, going to an away end, and it's not, oh, welcome. It's, you know, it's... There's yeah. some, like the last away game, away match was City at Crystal Palace. Yeah. Quite a bit of an intimidating because I lived nearby, mm. but it was like um, there was something truly unique about football that does that when you're in the away end. Rugby mm. doesn't have away ends or not international rugby. And then when I was in America for like seven years and I went, sport, went to sports events there, everyone's on. It's point, it, I couldn't, you can't fathom. There's something innate about when you walk into the ground and it's that's the away end. Mm. There, there it is. It's over there, and uh, it's at City now. It doesn't really. They have the away end, but it's not the same as when it was at the old ground. I know what you mean. I mean, I, I the last away game I went to uh, was at Bristol City away. Oh and yeah, and it's quite a nice ground that. And I got there, and it was quite an atmosphere. And I thought this could be a good away day, but then as I walked through the gates, they had an indie pop band playing. Really, on a little stage, and I thought this was it called Ashton Ashton, Ashton Gate? Gate. Yeah, yeah. It's and, uh, you, you, Millwall's good. Oh, we, I bet. Yeah, we've only played. I've only been there once to to Millwall, and then that's not fun. Not, but also, I, I mean, I went to Fulham with um, Parsons and Hugh Davis, I think, and then Fulham is it's the night. It's y- people in the stands probably earn more money than the players on the pitch. That's yeah. Fulham. And it was a chance like past the hummus wouldn't go amiss there. But (laughs) again, it's a nice box ground, but you can see the river. But there's something menacing about Main Road. There's something menacing about Upton Park and something menacing about Old Trafford even that the new ground doesn't have. I I know Um, what you mean about about, um, the bowling ground because my my first ever football game I went to was West Ham. I think it must have been about 93, 94. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it was against Coventry City, awful game. I think they lost one nil. But the I remember the atmosphere of it. Five years old and the, the noise. I've never known anything like it. And yeah. I, I was I was telling you before we recorded uh, to, today that my wife's parents they're from East London, so they're all yeah. West Ham supporters. And we went right. to a West Ham game. I think it was last season or the season before. And obviously yeah, it was only the second year yeah. of them being in the yeah in the, in the London Stadium. And it just didn't feel right. Like we like because he's from East London, he knew some good pubs to go to first. You know those ones right. that are just on the corner with all the doors open. Good place you can go in there, a bit of a sing song, few drinks, brilliant. Yeah. But then what? Then you get on the underground and then you get get to that stop. And then you've got about a twenty minute walk to the actual. Yeah. Ground. It is far. It is far, isn't it? And then it was in a bit of a shame because my my father in law, he is the sort of guy who wants to stand up throughout the whole game, sing throughout the whole game, and we were up right high up. And, yeah. you know, obviously, it all, they all came out. I'm forever blowing bubbles. Everyone stood up. And then everyone just sits down. I mean, there was there was someone, two seats in front of me on an iPad. And it's really? just like, and he, that made him so angry. He's like, this is not what West Ham's about. And I think it takes a while for anyone to settle into it to a, to a ground because there was little patches where there were fans, like, all stood up. It used to be just, like, one end. You've been to Upton Park. The West Ham fans are so aggressive. And then... But there was sort of little patches, one over in that corner, one near the front, one behind the goal, and you just think they just need to get them all in one area, and it might just work. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Man City have had that issue, and have they settled into their ground yet? Do you think, or is it still a little bit? Well, they made when they first moved there. It was Eastlands, and then I was 
uh, in the States and now it's called the Etihad. I still call it Eastlands. Mm. Um, but they've made it bigger for one. So, but it is when you have the away end. Um, so if you're looking at it from TV cameras just to the right, and that, that's something that's very annoying about circular stadiums is, oh, you know, they you got the Stretford end, you know, you've, you've got this, you've got that, you know, there, there's certain areas. If it's all circular, it's not, it's the family stand or whatever the fuck they call it. But it's basically the two sections to the left and right of um, the away end are noisy. Mm. So that's where, that's where I sit when I go. But the other end is, it's like a graveyard, uh, the, the family stand. Because it's tourism, but that's the reason that the players on the pitch were beating someone 4 nils because we've got so much money now. But so it's, a, it's, it's swings and roundabouts. But when we first moved there and it was like, we were struggling to get 25,000 and we were like ninth, 10th. Uh, it was a bit depressing sometimes. But the noise at Main Road was a lot better because it's a small stadium, so you can fill it. These days, everyone can name a Man City player. You know, they've they yeah. become household names. And, they, and they'll yeah. go down history, the likes of Aguero, like said Silva, you know, everyone, Yaya Torre. From the last five, nearly ten years, you've got household names playing for City. Who were your kind of cult heroes when you were growing up at Main Road in those late 90s, early 2000s? Sean Gota, obviously. Sean Gota, yeah. Need to go. Um, I do remember Niall Quinn, vaguely. I remember now Quinn, Sean Gota, one chop. And then they saw him. It was 90, It was 2001 that they moved. Kevin Kilban, I remember. Schmeichel was my favourite because, in my mind, he left the biggest club in the world to join City, the biggest club in my world. Uh, so when Peter moved to, to moved over... Um, he was probably... Because I was a goalkeeper as well, so he was, and he was the best goalkeeper in the world. So... Those are the big ones. But I had a Gota shirt, like everyone did, because he was our only notable player, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I see if I've got um, a Sean Gota fact. I have got a Sean Gota fact. So, over 100 goals, a uh, 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 top scorer of four consecutive seasons. And, of yeah. course, he was let go by Man United as a boy. He's, he was, he's British Commonwealth. I don't know where he's from. Uh, I don't, he never played for England. He never played no, for England. No, he though. didn't, did he? Uh, what? I think he might have been from like the Virgin Islands or something like that. He's an absolutely brilliant player. Um, and, and of course, who did he leave Man City for? Sean, Sean Gota. Yeah. Do you know where he went after City in 2003? Wait, 2003? Didn't he yeah. retire? No, no, no. He did. You might think he retired <laughs> because of where he went to next, but uh, no, he stuck, he stuck around. He went and played for the next team for two seasons, 43 appearances, 12 goals. Oh, Reading. There you go. <laughs> He went to Reading, did he? He went to Reading, mate. That's the thing. I, uh, he's a hero he? to us. Oh, then he, he, oh, he would have been... What is he? He's 50 now. So you're looking probably he, 34, he 35. Fuck it, that's too old. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he was still playing until uh, 2010. Wow. Fucking... So, so until he was 40. He played for North Village Rams. Who are, I'm just looking into now. They're a Pembroke, oh, <laughs> Bermudan uh, Bermuda football club based in uh, Pembroke Parish. I think that's where he's from. Bermuda. Bermuda. 
Yeah. You're right. Oh, yeah, hang on. Yeah, look at this fact for, for uh, another one for you. So he played for Bermuda between 1987 and 2004. 36 appearances, 32 goals. They feed the goal, and he mustn't have. He must have had bad service for you know. He was a he was a really good player. Yeah, love uh, Sean Go. Yeah, yeah. So Sean Go, but then I saw that because I was I was nine then. So my thought, like, memories are difficult before nine. I was pissed. <laughs> no, but I mean uh, <laughs> nine. But then when we moved to um, Eastlands for the first year, because they were season tickets were so cheap that's when I got really into it because I got a season ticket and then I was old enough to like get the bus to go on my you know like go without my mum and dad I never went football with my mum actually I think of it but uh, yeah so it was really this era after that I got really into them I would say so um, then the, play- the players that spring to mind then are like Sean Wright Phillips Steve Stephen Island, Richard Dunn. I had a Richard Dunn shirt. Richard Dunn, yeah, great captain. Yeah, he was kind uh, of the last captain before the money came in. Yeah. Um, going back to Schmeichel, because I always find that really funny the Schmeichel situation because he left Man United at the end of when they won the treble, and that yeah. and he, I remember him making a speech at Old Trafford, and it really felt like he's winding down in his career now. You know, he's yeah. he's on the way out, and he's you know he's he's kind of done. He went back went back to Denmark to. Um, Kind of, you thought probably just to have one last year at home, play a bit of football mm. just for the enjoyment of it, and then after all that, he makes a return to the Premier League and he's at Man City, and I mean that I think that really upset a lot of uh, Man United fans. I mean, I'll never forget there's that incident in the tunnel when they swap over and he puts his hand out to um, to Gary Neville, quite friendly, saying, "You know, you're on the wrong side," and Gary Neville just wants nothing to do with him. It, Gary Neville's a prick, but it's. <laughs> I mean, I imagine the city paid him pretty good money, uh, and that's why. And also, I think it was right about that time his son, because his son was in the city youth, mm. based off that. So that could have been it as well. Yeah. And obviously, everyone knows Casper now. I think he's probably one of the top three goalkeepers in the in the Premier League. But he's, uh, and I remember Casper Michael being at City, and then he went to Bury for a while. I remember watching him at Bury, and he, he was unstoppable. He was fantastic. But yeah. I always liked the goalkeepers. I always paid attention there. Uh, David James, Joe Hart, I think, for so long, he was the best uh, in the league. So then those, 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 those were probably the big five that I remember. Like Richard Dunn, Stephen Ireland, Joe Hart. You said Micah Richards. I loved Micah Richards. Mm. Sort of any player that's from the area that stays or makes it is sort of a, a cult hero. And then there was a guy that was called Michael Johnson, Anybody remembers him? He didn't play yeah. long. He number six, I think he was. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to play for England. He was silky smooth, but fuck knows what happened to him. I have no <laughs> idea. I'm going to look him up later. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about the investment that came in, kind of around sort of 2009, 2010 time. But before that, mm-hmm. you had kind of the last that that team who were kind of Stephen Ireland, Richard Dunn, uh, Joe Hart when he was younger was in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, you were finishing around eighth and ninth. It's when you know Stuart Pearce was there, and yep. I mean, I mean, you can see how different things were because I think I think it was something like I I, I did a thing about it on my YouTube channel. Um, comedians talking about football. You can find it, mm-hmm. search it, find it. <laughs> um, uh, about how the the week that Manchester City won the Premier League with the you know they had hundred points and you know broken all sort of records on that week. 
I think something like 12 years before then, mm. Stuart Pearce was manager. And yep. in a last ditch attempt against Middlesbrough, played yeah, David James it, yeah, up front. Right. Yep, yep. And he did, he almost scored. Well, you say that, he just flings his leg in the air and nearly kills someone. Um, he was and out, then I think... <laughs> he's, a, he's a genius, Stuart Pearce. We were out of substitutions. He was one of my favourite managers because he scared the fucking shit out of me. And I, don't, I liked him. I really liked him. Obviously, I don't think he... He's, he's, so, he's sort of like... Can you imagine him being the... Where Brian Kidd now sits... You know, like the the well, I don't know what you call it, the second assistant coach or something. Yeah. But that's the kind of role that I think Stuart Pearce suits. Imagine him screaming at Sergio Aguero, who has been in, who's been at City for eleven years, and he still can't speak English. <laughs> I find it, I find it <laughs> absolutely baffling. Did you see the documentary with him? Like the city, it's it's not really a documentary. It's more just an advertisement for how amazing City are, isn't it? Right. That Amazon thing, but. There was a scene when Sergio is in his house and he's, uh, he's like, this is my house. And he's just dead behind the eyes, just dead. Like he's, <laughs> he seems like a nice guy, but if you hit him with a tree trunk, it just wouldn't affect him. And he's like, when my daughter goes back to Argentina, I just, I just sit here and play FIFA. <laughs> and then like <laughs> the camera slowly just goes and just zooms out. <laughs> Hi Sergio, and he's just there <laughs> waving at the camera with his dead eyes. Bye. But that's the amazing thing that you know that here you are now, where really Aguero is used as a substitute these days when things aren't quite going the city's way. Whereas you know all those years ago, David James was the attacking option <laughs> in the eightieth minute. Well, he was he was like six foot six. Pull up front, see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a good idea. Yeah, I I was all for it. I mean, we still lost. I think Stuart Pearce did that, and then we had Sunji High. We had a backline of Ben Thatcher, who's a criminal. Uh, <laughs> Joey Barton, who's a He's criminal. Chad <laughs> Evans, who's a criminal. <laughs> so there you go. There's your there's your middle of the park. That's like I mean, Joey Barton to me is always like he's he's Roy Keane without the pedigree. Yeah. He's like Roy. If Roy Keane was a gun, Joey Barton would be like a switchblade. <laughs> Just an absolute. And I liked him. He was yeah. a decent player, but he's what a horrific human being. Just what a terrible man. What a terrible, what a toxic player. And he was at City for ages, actually, wasn't he? Yeah, a long old time, long old time. Mm. So they were kind of your last days when, like, Keegan was in charge and then uh, Pierce and and obviously Sven Goran Eriksson. And then the investment came in. In comes Mark Hughes. In comes Rubinho. And what, what was your initial thought when the, all that money came in? Do you remember the City clip? of like the announcement and then you have the guys in the back and, and they were doing this sort of, you know, the Egyptian pointy left to right dance. Yeah. And obviously the, the, uh, the owner, the new owner is from uh, UAE. So it's not even the right country. <laughs> uh, yeah. It was um, buoyancy and happiness. And it was almost like the checkbook is just gone. And it was like, finally, we're actually going to, because that's what you need, that extra leg up. doesn't matter how well we played, because City always played well, but it's that extra money that we, you need. And then the next four years, we just pissed away mm. <laughs> money on just 
Joe, <laughs> we bought him. He was <laughs> Rabinio, who had the body of a 12-year-old. Uh, fantastic player, but Jesus Christ. And then... Uh, Do you know like a Santa we... Cruz? Roque Santa Cruz. From yeah. Blackburn. Do you remember? He's one of those players like who were around just for like a season. He's like, this guy, this guy. And then he actually steps up and then get rid of him quick. We had Samaras for so long and yeah. he was our number one attacking option. And then we, but even still after that, so it's like, you know, like when you give a kid um, some money and they go into a shop and they're like, yeah. oh my God, I don't, I don't know, that's what happened with City. They gave him a bit of money and he went, oh shit, Benjani. Uh, <laughs> ben well, I remember I had my housemate at uni at the time, he, he was a Man City fan. And I just yeah. remember the excitement when, because I think it was transfer deadline day in the January transfer window, it might have been 2008 or 2009, yeah. when, when Rubinho uh, signed. And I just remember them cutting to him and he was just sat there <laughs> my memory is sucking on a lollipop or something like yeah, that. Well, that could yeah. be my, my sordid mind. And he had two contracts in front of him, Chelsea and City. And we were all sat there going, well, Dan, he's going to go for Chelsea. What do yeah. you think? He's like, no, no, we've had this investment. He's going to go for City. And then he signed for Man City, who again at the time had players like Ben Jarney, Stephen Ireland, Richard Dunn. Um, he was the... Darius Vassell was your main attack. <laughs> I think they played him at Darius Vassell. Yeah, and, I remember uh, that. You know, and then suddenly I remember the first game starts and uh, he scores a free kick. It all seems like it's going to go well. And then there, what, there was a struggle for a few years. And you're right, they did just go out and just buy. So it was like, right, Craig Bellamy, Adam Johnson, who's a criminal. And, you know, and, and all Oh, these, another one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, just, just brought in for a long old time. It was a, it was a funny couple of years for Man City. It was, it was players in... It was like big players in positions as opposed to the team. And it was... <sighs> Even like a lot, because there were some that were really good gems, like Elano, who's like mm. 10 million or something. Petrov, brilliant on his left yeah. foot. Uh, and it was, I, I, and I remember Micah Richards always still being in the team. But like the year before we got um, Rubinho, our highest transfer, like fee, I think the couple of years or the year before, like Ben Thatcher for like 2 million. Like mm. just a gulf that, that, that quality can get you. And I remember seeing Rubinho live and electrifying. Really good player. Really good. But I don't know how, I don't really, he just faded out, didn't he? And then even like, even now when you buy big players, they're not all going to hit, but the money has become irrelevant. And back then I just remember that feeling being, you know, you'd see in the newspapers, Oh, City have bought Joe for a record breaking 20 million, 20 million. We'd spend that on like an Academy player now. Mm. And it's, that the difference of of that um 20 million and then the expectation was so high for him and the guy was dog shit and then he went to Everton and he was dog shit and then I don't know where he is now but he's probably been dog shit somewhere <laughs> he's it, it's yeah money be yeah money talks and it was like finally we can compete against United that was the big finally we can get into that top five we can get not even like expectations of winning the league very realistic people <laughs> maybe we can get in top seven yeah yeah we can play on we can play on a mm. Thursday night on channel five against <laughs> Genk <laughs> or somebody <laughs> well, that was it wasn't it Mark Hughes obviously under delivered as as he does uh, as a manager and then in comes Roberto Mancini and then you, then that's when things start to change you pick up like a league cup uh, an FA yeah. cup and then you, you know you start doing start doing well start winning Manchester derbies and then yeah. finally come 2012 
one of the most exciting last days of, of yeah. the season in any Premier League history. Where were you yeah. watching that? Where? What's your memory of that day? I was in Miami when I was watching mm. that. Yeah, because I um I started. Well, I left Man. I left Manchester when I was eighteen, and I went to I went to uni in the states. I was lucky enough to get a scholarship, so I went to uni in the states, and I stayed there for seven years. So, uh, yeah, I was in America, and I started comedy in Miami in twenty thirteen. So, I had just started comedy, I think, or just graduated uni and just started comedy. Um, when I remember watching that at my dad, uh, my dad's house in Miami uh, before I moved out, and yeah, Aguero. Yeah, I remember that. Even with that, the, the good thing about being in the states was you could watch like midday. I yeah. remember like I remember, so I could I would watch all the games, stream them. Uh, but that's where yeah, that's where I was. I was in I, interesting. You said that about uh, Aguero, that infamous yeah. moment. You know, I, I obviously I, I I didn't have Sky at the time, so I had to put up with I think Paul Merson just having a heart attack. Yeah. Um, on Soccer Saturday when that happened, um, it might have been Tis. Uh, tis but uh, but did you did you not have uh, this is a really trivial question? Did you not have the American commentators over there? Because I can't I can imagine that would have no. been horrific. Or was the English yeah. commentators? Yeah, Aguero. Yeah, golly! What an that is excellent Manchester point there for the team. Q- Manchester E-R. Blue. Yeah, those man no, Brits I- will really have a red face now. Yeah, it was a great day. I think. That is a bit of a regret. A lot of regrets in life, but not being in Manchester for just that period because that mm. would have been so good. That would have been such a good day. But um, I don't think there's been a, a league title like that for a long time. So uh, enjoy Barton fucking up again. Uh, Help yeah. get that. So uh, yeah, that was probably the, the best memory that that we've got. That that's the thing. I like to think that Barton knew what he was doing that day. As he walked down that tunnel after his red card, he looked back at Mancini and just gave him a little wink and a nod. And Mancini well, looked back and went, yeah. Who are, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I think that could have only been topped by if, when we had the opportunity to beat United at home and win the league in front of them. Mm. That would have been uh, lovely. But again, City, things aren't always rosier. We'll find a way to fuck it up. We will. <laughs> that's, well, that's I mean, us. You, you obviously would have still been friends with people from school who were, who, you know, Man United fans and your brother's a Man United fan. What was their reaction when all this started happening, when they started overtaking United? Which is something I think a lot of people could never imagine happening. 30 years of hurt. No, is it 30 years? That's England, isn't it? No, it was. It felt good. But then there's also, it, it comes with the same... Oh yeah, but you bought it. You bought the title. Yeah, that, it. that's like, it. Every, everyone does. Everyone does. So it's the only people that didn't were Leicester. Yeah, I was going to say. So that's that's the only club that hasn't bought it. And even then, they had investment. But it's but even it, it, everyone's going to. Oh, you bought it. You bought it. But um, fuck it off. We we won it. <laughs> the only thing now, like I couldn't went in the Carling Cup and the FA Cup. For me, I would be like, just play the kids. I don't want anyone getting injured. It doesn't matter. Champions League. That's, yeah. what, champion, that's all I want. What, Champions League for City. That's it. Because nothing else. We won everything else apart from that. And that hurts not winning that. So they'd be good. And if we could beat... Well, <laughs> I think now we've uh, screwed it up for ourselves a little bit. <laughs> but uh, with the financial, I don't even know what we did, what we did there. What, did we, what were we supposed to have done? The oh, with the finance, oh, do you know what? I lose track of stuff like that because it never matters. 
It never yeah. matters. They they punish Chelsea and they go right. Well, then you can't sign anyone ever again. You're gonna, you're obviously going to get relegated to the Championship now. And then they go and sign someone. Oh, but now yeah. he's on loan and we're using this method and this method and this method. And it's a bo- It's bollocks. So that's, that's a little bit about, about your comedy then. Uh, do, you, do you know, we, we have met, I think, the once. Do you remember where we met? <laughs> For the purposes oh. of the tape, he's shaking his head. Um, it was a long way, it was a long time ago. I'm assuming at a gig. It was a gig, yeah. Was I an arsehole? No, no, not at all. We, we, we met, I mean, this is... At... Were, 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 were we, were, did we share a moment? Was it lingering? Did did we did we did we did we touch lips? Perhaps what <laughs> like what time of night was it? We both got to the final of a gong show. It was it was there was a gong show in a place called Banbury, and it was okay. the Honest Comedy Gong Show in 2016. And I remember it Jesus. because the guy who I went in the car with won it. Right, and I had I to hear about it all the way home. I and it was. Think... It was me, you. In, in, there was like a, there was like a was like ten or something did the gong show. Then four of us made it to the the final. Don't know if you can call that a final with four of us. And it was me, you, the guy who won it called Ian McDonald and Eric Roy Rushton. Wow, shit! Fucking hell, that was a long time ago. Wasn't it was it? a long old time ago, um, and that's that's the only time I think we've met. I said unless yeah. unless we bumped into each other on. A various sort of London open mic with 20 other acts doing five. I think that one would have been, I remember it vaguely. I'm going to Banbury, I'm getting the train, and the setup being really weird and there not being many audience. That's it. I think there were literally seven audience or something like that. And I just did my set and split, I think, because it was like a two hour trip back to London. Mm. It's Oxfordshire, isn't it, Banbury? That's it, yeah. And yeah. the guy, a guy who won it, he's he's a friend of mine, but it was his third attempt at the gong show. Really? <laughs> yeah. And I think the people who were judges that night were the staff who had become quite friendly with him. So I felt right. we were mugged off that night. <laughs> I assume run away. <laughs> I assume either me, you, or well, let's be honest, or Eric would have won. But, <laughs> but yeah. it's a good balance. It's a good balanced lineup, though. <laughs> 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 but so you start. You were saying that you started comedy in. In, in America, in Miami. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how, I was, how was uh, that? Well, I graduated uni and I started writing when I was in uni, but I wrote for a year before I ever got on stage. Mm. And then I didn't want to come back to the UK. So then for three years, I was in Miami gigging pretty much every, every day, three, four times a week and working full time. And then my green card got denied um, 2016 and I just couldn't take the idea was get my green card and then go to um, New York or LA or, or Chicago mm. or whatever but I just couldn't take Miami anymore I don't I'm not a, I don't like the it's a soulless place it's it's uh, you drive I don't think you've ever been to Florida but it's you, you have to drive everywhere yeah um, there's there's it's too hot not, and I, I'm not a beach I like old things a bit of culture and, and yeah. talk, like walking things like that but it's um it didn't have that. So then I, I couldn't take it anymore. So I moved to London in 2016. And then just, so it's, it, it's almost like resetting the clock because if you think about it, it's like 2013, 14, 15, it's almost seven years. But the clock resets uh, for me in 2016 because the comedy is just totally different. It's just points of reference, the way you write, the way you mm. approach it. 
uh, it's frustrating with lockdown happening because I felt a bit more momentum happening for myself. But you know, it'll it'll be there. You know, when the, the I've heard it on other podcasts and things. The idea of I guess for everyone is don't think about things being cancelled. Just think about them being postponed. Mm. Uh, because I I was supposed to debut this year up in yeah. Edinburgh, and I had a pretty shit year last year. And then it was uh, you know working towards that and sorting out the venue and PR and all that all that. Yeah. shit that comes actually behind the, the gigging and um it's i miss i don't know about you i miss stand-up quite a lot mm. and i don't i'm not i don't particularly enjoy like instagram and facebook it mm. gives me a bit of anxiety to be honest um but i'm fine like with the booze review and things like that it's just something to do to keep your head in a comedy way of thinking or even talk to a comedy even talking to someone about stand-up mm. it's someone that loves it, you know, having that report, it's, um, you have to, uh, we all got to find a way to just keep ticking over because it's a muscle in it. It'll go if you don't. So that's, uh, that was a, a long convoluted answer to a question that you didn't ask. <laughs> no, no, but I think that, I think you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people were, in many occasions, we're all in lockdown. We have no one to talk to about comedy and stand up. Whereas normally you yeah. might, like you, you live with guys who do stand up. You can talk about it quite a lot. You yeah. feel like you're out of the loop and that you're falling behind and everyone else is progressing, but that's not the case. You know, everyone's no. in the same boat. There are, there are you know, TV comics, uh, you know, yeah, they yeah. might get their face on the one show, but they're struggling as well, you know, and, I, and you can just tell some of them are going absolutely insane. I mean, I'm not, not quite to the point where Richard Herring is, is playing himself on snooker every night on Twitch. Fantastic <laughs> yeah. content, but you can tell. <laughs> 53 year old man is having a breakdown um but but still yeah you're you're right it is it is difficult and some people have have just taken like a duck to water to to things like uh tiktok and whatever twitter i mean god i mean i I thought i'd give tiktok a go i downloaded it and the logo gave me a migraine it's dancing and it's just oh it's mad well i downloaded the logo and it was like a white thing with a bit of green and a bit of red i looked at it and thought i can't deal with this i clicked on it and there was someone dancing i went no i deleted it straight away it just confused me it made me feel lost and cold and lonely yeah i like gigging i like live stuff Mm. i don't i don't I've written bits and stuff for TV, radio, and sketches and things like that, and it's 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 just different. It's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of training mm. your brain. But of course, when you're a stand-up, you have to be multifaceted. You have to be able to do. It's not all just live, but also when you're doing, you know, writing the the Edinburgh show, it's an hour, so it it's not all ding 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 ding. There has to be a bit of nuance to it. And I off I don't know about anyone else, but I often find that I'm most creative after a gig. Right on the way home, or after the sit off, or whatever it is, when I get home, I can't sleep. It's then, and to not be able to flex that muscle and and use it. I've said muscle twice. <laughs> I've said muscle <laughs> twice, Sam. Um, three times. That I said muscle, muscles. I've been doing press ups, muscles. Well, we can't play competitive football, but we can play competitive quizzes against uh, your fellow comics and football. Excellent segue. Excellent segue. (laughs) So you you claim, uh, Mr. Lufitz, that you are a Manchester City fan. You're from Moss Side. And what I love about this is that the guy who was a Man United fan on my podcast goes by the nickname Fitz. So I love that this is not only a Manchester derby, but a Fitz derby. Uh, so all you've got to do to beat him 
is get three of these questions right in a row. Uh, sorry, four of these questions right in a row. He got three. You can you can draw with him on three. But right. if you get four, you've beaten the Man United fan who lives near Devon. So let's... Sorry, you can give me the Be No United quiz. I might get that. <laughs> Right, okay, here we go, here we go. So, today's questions are from, <laughs> are from the Beano.com. Uh, the first question, what country is Super Saver Edison from? Is it Japan, Argentina, Brazil or Brazil. China? Brazil. Do I like that? Correct. Who did Mares win the league with before he joined Manchester City? Manchester United, Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester or Arsenal or Colchester United? Leicester. Do I like that? Correct. Which Man City scorer shares a name with British currency? These are, these are the sort of questions you want. Johnny Raheem Coppers, Sterling. Norman Pound, <laughs> Emilio Fittipini, or Raheem Sterling? Raheem Sterling. Do I like that? Johnny Coppers. <laughs> Amazing. Um, How did he only get three of these? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, oh, here we go. Right, back to that season from before, from 2012. Who knocks, who knocks City out of the FA Cup in the third round in the 2011-2012 season? Is it Liverpool, Chelsea, Arsenal or Manchester United? So the same league that you first won the Premier League. Who knocked you out of the FA Cup in the third round? Um, question. Fuck. Um, Arsenal. Steady, David, don't! Get round! No, don't! Bloody! Fortunately, no, it was Man United. So that is uh, three, three, is that three, three questions, please? Three, three. Yeah. three. It's another draw in the Man Derby, uh, Manchester Derby, and Fitz Man Derby. Derby. <laughs> Man Derby. <laughs> well, don't worry, because you didn't beat the, uh, the Man United fan. You didn't beat your fellow Fitz. Um, mm. But you have one today's prize um so we were talking a bit before about the kind of the final days before it all kicked off and the money started paying off excuse the pun at Manchester it's City. signed a Guero shirt uh, I, 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 I mean, it's, it's nearly as exciting as that but it, instead it's the 2011 away shirt from that season fuck off <laughs> and uh yeah this is on its way to you i'll um that's amazing oh Oh, okay. I, 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 lo- I love those. I love those colours. I thought I, I'll go with that one. I always think people don't always have the the away shirt. So yeah, that's. Uh, oh, I'll send that on its way to you. That's so nice of you. Thank you. And I'll get. I'll get. I had your... that when I was younger. Oh, did you? Brilliant. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I mean, I had them all. I had that horrible purple one as well. Yeah, I remember. White yeah. and pur- Oh God. Yeah. I, yeah, I remember having that one. That's oh, oh, right. What I'll do is I'll get your address. Obviously, when we're not recording a podcast, because I don't want you to get a load of abuse from Liverpool fans um, or Man United fans or people from Miami who are just sick of you slagging yeah. off their city. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, d- I do say there's something wonderful about a guy from Moss Side saying, "Oh, I can't be doing with Miami." <laughs> Yeah, the irony doesn't. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it comes out. Yeah, it's too fucking <laughs> um, sunny here, mate. It's too sunny. <laughs> um, what I normally do at this point is I'll, I'll say to you, you know, tell tell the listeners where we can find you, where you're gigging, uh, about the Edinburgh show, and obviously, sadly, that's that's not the case at the moment. But 
in the meantime, you're doing the booze review at the moment. Where can people find that? Yeah, I'm doing it in, well, uh, the Instagrams, the YouTubes, the Facebooks. It's on those those things. The idea is I'm just going to do one a week to just keep me ticking over. And it's not all just booze. And I, I don't really drink them, but it's it's not uh, it's not all just booze. And it's just, I don't know, little joke, lockdown jokes within. And then um, still prepping the old Edinburgh show. And that will debut 2021. Eight o'clock. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna plug a show that's over a year away. <laughs> Eight o'clock at the underbelly. There you go. Nice one. Nice one. And what's the show called? It's called Babs. Babs. Love it. And uh yeah, do find on the Instagram as you were mentioning, it's uh Lou.fits and that's F I T Z. Um so they can find you there and if they search you on Facebook and Twitter, we'll be able to find you there as well. Yeah, uh, that Lou Fitz is Twitter and then just Lou Fitz on, on the old Facebooks. Nice one, mate. Well, hopefully I see you out there again soon when comedy's back. Yeah. We can get to another final of a gong show in Oxfordshire <laughs> or something. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Hopefully there'll uh, be more people there, but I somehow I doubt it after all. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice one. Honestly, it's been really good uh, Good having a chat with you. Nice one, Lou. Take care, mate. Speak to you soon. Big soon, mate. Ciao. Cheers. Thanks again to Lou Fitz. You've got to love a lad from Mossside Manchester slagging off Miami, haven't you? <laughs> Brilliant. I love the idea of Lou walking across Miami Beach in 40 degree heat like, nah, mate, fucking shite this. Give us fucking Arndale Centre or uh, Coronation Street any day. I don't know any place in Manchester. Not a clue. Uh, but thank you, Lou Fitz. It was great to catch up with him. Hope to gig with him again soon and hopefully I'll be more memorable next time uh that was a bit awkward wasn't it uh no it was great great speaking to him thank you so much uh, as i said he's, he's proper funny and you can find his stuff online and if you are going to go to edinburgh next year then do go and see him fantastic live act he should have won that gong show actually i'll give him that he should have won that gong show my next guest on comedians talk about football is jack tofer reliving that 2015-16 season as he's talking about leicester city in the meantime, do get in touch. You can email comedianstalkingaboutfootball at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at comfootytalkpod. Follow me on Twitter if you want, at Sam SamMikeLol. Or find us on Facebook. Just search Comedians Talking About Football. Until then, take care, lads and lasses. Take care. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.